Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, welcome back to uh, Surviving Hollywood. I'm Johnny Ray Diaz. I am Aaron Arnold. And uh, today, actually, just moments ago, we just sat down with a uh, friend of mine, a uh, super talented and working actor, Al Cornell. Um, the guy's got stories. Yeah, this guy was. Uh, this guy's great, man. I, I met him a couple years ago on this project. I worked with uh, Josanne Marie, which was also a guest on the podcast. And uh, he was a, to, a true pleasure to work with. And this guy is just killing the game. I could tell just by talking with him that he would, he would be um, a great guy to work with on set. Like yeah. he has a great presence and you can tell he's, he's there to work. He's got a good state, right? Because yeah. he, he always say it's like, he was like one of those guys that doesn't, uh, he doesn't want to like, you know, ruffle feathers or step on toes. He's like, no man, I'm just here to work and do my thing and do a good job and be on time and just like present ready to collaborate. Um, yeah, he just, and he's done a lot of stuff. Like he's been on uh, recently, like 68 whiskey, Westworld, uh, man with a plan, Lucifer. I mean, the number of shows that he's done is just like, it's longer than my arm. <laughs> so he looks like a big, tough military guy. And he did, he was in the military, but he got his start as a professional salsa dancer and actually got in the movie Blow with Johnny Depp as a salsa dancer. And you can see him in the movie, like, you know, in the background, dancing it up and stuff. It kind of makes me, like, want to go back and watch it just to see where he's at. I watched it a month and a half ago, and the movie still holds up. It's great. Yeah, he's, so this guy's, uh, this guy's done it all. It's a really cool story about him, kind of how he got started out. We talk about 9-11. We talk about uh, tons about, like, self-tapes, self audition techniques, like what he does in the room, how he handles self-tapes. Um, the mindset to have, and um, he, we, he talked about um, asking um, somebody if he could be a shadow director. That's right. With him, and um, the guy said yes, and just the whole process of then like learning how to come at it from a director's point of view, and how that helped him as an actor and everything. That was what I was most interested in is like him shadow directing on uh, this show, LA's Finest, with uh, was he said Jessica Alba and Gabrielle Union. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of hearing the whole process of like from starting from like a tone meeting to like then being post-production on an episode, like how that whole episode evolves is like, I was super interested in that. Um, anyway, I, I just had a lot of fun with him and um, he's also working on something he wouldn't talk to us about. This was the big project X. This is, um, yeah, I mean, we can't say what it is, but he was just showing us pictures when he first got here. It's a pretty big deal. I don't know what to say about it. Yeah, but, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk more details about it. Uh, you guys see, if you, see if you can figure it out while you're watching You probably can, we, right? Yeah, we, we, we bring it up a few times and you'll get nuggets and see if you can guess what it is. Um, it's a video game, so that narrows it down, right? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Austin um, didn't uh, join us on this podcast. He just flew out to New Mexico earlier today to shoot a show. Um, I don't want to say what the show is. Are you allowed to say what it is or not? I have no idea, but I probably shouldn't. I don't. I, you know what? Let's give a... That's a good excuse, man. Hey, I can't come on the podcast. I'm flying to New Mexico to work on a show. Wow. I'm gonna must be nice. I, I'm going to give you guys a clue, and this could be anything. I don't want to make the clue too obvious, but... I shot the sheriff. Anyway, guys, enjoy the episode. Yes. Boom. Now presenting Johnny Ray Diaz. Ha. Yeah. And the Arnold Twins. Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. Tell me what it's like to live in Hollywood. Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. Tell me what it's like to live I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. 
it going, man? What's been going on with you? Oh man, it's been uh, it's been a crazy start to 2020. Let's just say. Yeah. Yeah. In a good way or? No, no, in, a, in an absolutely fantastic way. Okay. But it's something that, you know, being an actor yourself, you know, sometimes you go through these periods where you're like, man, I can't buy an audition. Questioning life. Yeah. <laughs> When's the next job? Am I gonna have another job soon? Right. And then. They say, careful what you ask for, because, like, <laughs> the last two months, I mean, we're already in February. Tech, the, yeah, so it just started, but yeah. yeah but right. the middle of December just took off, mm. and I was slammed every day, no social life, literally. And then January comes along, and, you know, I think I told you I'd been shadowing a director on, that, a, yeah. on the TV series LA's Finest. And his, this was a director who I'd worked with years before on a TV series called The Last Ship. Okay, yeah. By his, the, the director by the name of Anton Cropper. Okay. Who was one of the executive producers of Suits and... Great show. The, yeah. yeah guy loves that show. Directed multiple episodes of Blackish and... I mean, okay. the, tons of TV then. Great yeah, show. Yeah, tons of TV. And he's yeah. an amazing director. And I jokingly, when, when uh, he was directing me in The Last Ship, I jokingly said to him, man, I would love an opportunity to just shadow you. Mm. And he turned to me and said... Yeah, for sure. Let's exchange information and I'll, I'll hit you up. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah, a few months later, I got cast in Training Day with Bill Paxton. And who's the director? Anton. And did you, did, now, did you know? I didn't know. I did, didn't know. Did he know? Because a lot of times the director's involved in picking the Yeah, I went actors. in for the audition. It was a great audition. And then I got, you know, the, the avail. And then the, the booking almost like in the same day. Mm. And when I get the script... Directed by Anton Cropper. So I oh. had his information. I was like, yo, Anton, I see we're going to be working together. Again, he goes, yeah, I know. When I saw your name on the audition list, I knew who was getting the role. Oh. I was like, oh, oh wow. So nice. it's kind of like an inside track. But, well, you know, this business is, and, yeah. and, and it makes me feel bad in some respects because I know that I know what it is to prepare for an audition. I, I, I can only imagine how many actors auditioned for that role. I mean, when sure. I went in for that role, there was maybe 15 other actors in the room. Now, was that the callback or was that for the first audition? That was uh, on tape for producers. Okay, okay. It's, it's uh, you know, the, when I first started acting, it was like you went in and read with a casting associate for a pre-read because they don't know you. You, know, <laughs> you have absolutely nothing on your resume. I always thought that was weird, like a pre-read. Yeah, because like like, they want to see. Well, I'm reading, so what? Do I, like, I don't understand. I'm auditioning here. Like, what's? It's an audition. Read? It's yeah. an audition, right. and it's for them to say, "Hi, you know, is he? Is this person got the chops to bring him to the next, to the level? next level?" Casting associate can't. They have no power to say if this person has the chops. They can only say no. Right, right. But they can say, "Okay, you know, he's yeah, he's good enough. Let's bring him." I, I recommend we bring him to casting, and then you go to the casting directors. And it has changed a lot in the last couple of years. I've been acting now for 20 years. Um, and I've seen it go from, you know, pre-reads to then a session with the casting director to then a callback. Right. To where to, you know, casting couch to me too. <laughs> <laughs> I never had that experience, fortunately. Everybody that I've ever dealt with has been the yeah, most uh, on professionals. So that's good. I'm, I'm fortunate that I never had <laughs> that happen. Although I have friends that one day it will, though. One, yeah. I'm, just, I'm right. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I hope not. I hope not. That would be a very awkward conversation. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, you're trained in martial arts, so uh, <laughs> yeah. it would be a very quick conversation. I think you've got this handled. <laughs> yeah. No, and so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a situation now where, you know, it's, it's changed a lot. A lot of our auditions now, even though the casting director may be in town, will request the actors to put themselves on tape. 
Right. So now as actors, we've taken on a different role. We've taken on the role of not just acting, <laughs> casting but director now and the DP, you yeah. set up your, you know, <laughs> well, unless I, I, I prefer that. What do you think? Um, it, for the first, it has for the first plus round. and minuses. The, first the plus is you can work the material and the and the audition till you're absolutely perfectly satisfied. Submit your best, yeah, right, and you submit what you feel is your best. But sometimes, if if you don't know, <clears throat> that's why I always recommend if you're going to audition for a particular show, if the show has been out for a while, to watch a few episodes and get yourself familiar with the genre and get yourself familiar with the flow of the show, so that you kind of, you know, you have a, a very rounded idea of what they're going to look for right. in your audition and the tone and all the that tone stuff. the yeah. pace yeah you know it, it, is it is it a serious show is it more dramedy right. based is there is some a, humor in it right exactly yeah. and so yeah you know it's it's i've been fortunate enough that i've actually been cast quite a few times off tape and i prefer to be in the room personally because you get that rapport that one-on-one -on -one with the casting director especially if it's a casting director who you've never been in for right. or a casting director that you have an excellent rapport with because that's just an opportunity to reconnect with them in the hey, room. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. How, you, How been? you been? Hey, and this, that, the other. Exactly. Yeah. Is that what you say? Is that like just like small talk or do you have like, what, what's your moves for in the room? When I get in the room, it's, you know, it's obviously first and foremost, not take myself out of what's first and foremost on my mind, which is the dialogue, the scenes that I'm about to do. It's the most important. So I'm very short in the very beginning you know, the, the pleasantries of how are you doing? Good to see you. Thanks for having me here. So when they ask you, hey, how's it going? You just stay silent. Yeah. No, I just <laughs> give them a deadpan stare. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you know, and, and I go into the material. And then once that's over with and you get that first one, it's always that first. Right. Just the nerves. scene the nerves out of your out. system. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, I've never really been much for nerves in the room. Yeah. Which which I, I'm very thankful to, to be able to, like, let go of any nerves. Uh, unless, of course, I'm absolutely not off book, and mm -hmm. then there there will be some nerves involved. Has that happened before? I try my best to okay. to not. But even if you get it the day before, like I I I just had an audition for Stumptown, which I got the night before, and I was doing working on on this project. Yeah. Oh, so you're you're busy at the same time. I was busy so at the like, same time. Yeah, that's always I, tough. I knew that I was gonna be working on that project the day of the audition. Let's call it Project X. So yes, Project, yeah, project X. X. We can't talk about it because he's working on it right now, but he's part of a big thing. Very project secretive. X. Very secretive. Very secretive, yeah. which yeah. will drop in October 2020. I can't awesome. say that. Yeah, nice. We'll have you back in October. Wait, can't we, we didn't even say what day it was. But anyway, <laughs> we'll have we'll bring you back and you'll tell us all about that process. Right, right. So I had to focus on the work at hand but then commit this dialogue to memory somehow. And a friend of mine who's one of the stars of Bold and the Beautiful, anybody who's ever done a soap opera knows that you, on any day, you can do anywhere between 40 to 60 pages of dialogue. My God. In one day. It's crazy. So anybody who does soap operas or ever wants to do soap operas, just know that it's actor's boot camp. Mm. And it will stretch your memory to the absolute limit. And I asked him, how, how are you dealing with this and he's like i'm using an app called line learner hmm. and it's like a four dollar app or 4.99 and it's been an absolute godsend because i never know if those are worth it yeah oh my know. god it's so, so how, worth how it how does that app work or how does it, how it, it you record your line you record their line whoever else is in the scene whether it's multiple people or not you can um you can download your PDF version of your sides, which is how you normally get them an email anyways, and you can import it into the into the app so you can actually have the sides on the screen of your phone 
and you go through and you record it and then you can listen to it much like you would a song to learn a song mm. and you just and you know i'm usually on the motorcycle so i'm listening to it in my headphones or at home and just have it playing in the background and kind of just saying your lines is between and i have the sides in my hand if i have the printed sides which i usually will as just another thing to have another tool and once i feel comfortable with my lines then i can go into the app and i can gap what's called gapping your lines and you can Basically, the, the time it takes you to read the lines is the amount of time that that gap will be. Mm. So then you can, because I know people that use like a re voice recorder and yeah. they'll record their lines and then kind of think in their head the other lines. Mm -hmm. Right. And then time it, sort of and time, time it. it or yeah. Sort of time it. And that doesn't, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't because you might record the lines too long and there'll be too much of a delay. Or you might end mm -hmm. up having to say your lines much faster than you would normally in order to avoid being overlapped. Okay. Uh, and this thing gets rid of that. So does it take into account? Because, like, I know, I, I know I have an app similar to that that I sometimes use to help me, like, learn lines quickly. Uh, it sounds like mine's a little bit different. But what about if, like, you know, because sometimes you're working it out, you might try the line different ways. You might slow it down. You might speed it up. Does it take into account that time? You can do that on okay. this app. It, it okay. has actually a little symbol on the side with a scale, and it's got a little turtle and a rabbit. So <laughs> you can slow it down if you yeah. need to slow it down or you can speed it up right. if you need to speed it up. So that... What's I, this app called again? It's called Line Learner. And you're an equity uh, partner in this. Yeah, I wish I was. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I was because it's a great so app. So out of $4.99, you get like $3. Oh my God. Yeah, that would be awesome. You know, for me, it's the booking ratio. It's like seeing how this, this audition that I got uh, noticed the day before, notified the day before, I went in with sides in hand. Mm. Even if I'm off book, I'll always have the sides in hand. Yeah. Because you never know what if. You may drop a line and be like, ah, oh, and you don't have your sides there. Now you're... I um, learned the hard way one time on, yeah. the, on a big cast. You'd be like, I got this. I had it. And then yeah. she threw a curveball at me and I wasn't ready for it. But, right. isn't, but isn't looking down and trying to find, you know, isn't that almost as bad? Not as bad, but, but almost. But we do that when we're talking. Like as we're talking here today, yeah, you know, I'm looking, looking down, down and thinking my thoughts and... And as long as you're staying in character and you're not dropping the intention of the scene, you, 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 it's it's a really something that they don't, it won't, you know, mm -hmm. throw up a red flag for them. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I have no problem going down to the page if I need to and bringing it off the page and coming back up. But it's just being comfortable with the lines and knowing you get to the point where you're not looking at the sides, but yet you're you know that you're at the end of that page and you're flipping the page in your hand. Yeah. Because you start building that skill set over time. And it, and it does take, some people are amazing auditioners. And there are a lot of actors out there that are horrible auditioners. That Do are, you feel like you're a great auditioner? I have to say yes, because you I, I feel I feel yeah. I'm, I'm proficient. Yeah. I, I feel I'm consistent enough yeah. that, you know, I, I'm always in the running for something. And so I went in for this Stumptown audition and didn't even look at the sides. And I think I, I got there a little early. I like to get to auditions early just to get rid of any of those nerves or, you know, the, you know, LA is with traffic, traffic and parking. you get there and you're yeah. all yeah. aggravated. Yeah. You don't want to bring that into the room. For so sure. I, I got there about an hour early. Is that Wendy O'Brien? That's a lot early. Wendy O'Brien. Yeah. 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 She's I great. love her. She's great. She's cast me in multiple things. She cast me in um, uh, Wisdom of the Crowd. She cast mm. me in 68 Whiskey. She's cast me in a ton of things. Bunch of stuff. So she knows you. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, knows yeah. me. We have a pretty good rapport, and and um, <clears throat> and I love going into her office. She's what I consider to be the actor's casting director. She's very sweet. She's very collaborative, and she'll give you a quick redirect 
and I and I always have a great time in, in mm-hmm. the room with her. Not that I don't with other casting directors. <laughs> Which uh, ones? Just yeah, kidding. exactly. Well, there's no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's just it's it's really fun when you get in there and, and you have that rapport with them, and, and it, it puts you more at ease. That's one less thing to have to worry about. Right. Uh, and I got in there. I actually got there early, so I just I threw on Line Learner, threw on my my headphones, and walked over to Starbucks, grabbed a coffee while I was learning the lines, and I was still on the page. And I got back and I got in the room and it just, everything just kind of flowed. It just yeah. clicked. Yeah. And I didn't look at the sides and she was like, that was fantastic. Okay, let's, let's do it with a little more sense of urgency. Okay. And then yeah. I took the note. Again, I didn't look at the sides. And today I, on the way here, I got the notice that I was unavailable for it. Nice. Now what nice. happens when a casting director who's not somebody that you know too well, what happens when they um, give you a note you don't really get what they're talking about, or maybe you don't agree with it. How do you handle that? I give them what they want. Okay. Ultimately, is what you know. So even if you think it's a bad note, you would still. I, I would still try to incorporate it somehow, or try and internalize it somehow to to be more along the lines of what they're looking for. Because the other um, school of thought is that maybe you just go, "Yeah, man, that's interesting," and then you already had maybe a different way to do it in the back of your mind, and then you just give them something different. Sometimes they could be doing that, especially if it's a casting director you don't know and not familiar with. They mm. could be doing it just to see just if you can make the adjustment. Just to see mm. what you can do. And if, you know, and I have had conversations, lengthy conversations with, with casting directors when they say, yeah, you know, sometimes actors come in and you give them a note and they do nothing of what you ask them to. Mm. And a casting director will look at that and be like, so I can take this person well. is, is, is someone who may be problematic on right. set and do I really want to put my name behind this actor, send him to set, and then I get a call from casting, or not casting from production, the director is saying this this actor can't take notes. And he's stealing crafty, you know? Right, right. (laughs) Get rid of this guy. And and it's a total diva, Um, (laughs) which is me. I'm a total diva. Um, Yeah, and so it's it's just, I I find it a fun experience. It's been something that I've always wanted to do. I grew up born and raised in L.A., which... People seem to be shocked by that. Well, yeah, there's track. not, there's not. A, I feel like there's not. It's not often that you meet people that are from here. Yeah, you I left I mean? my unicorn horn at home. So. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, yeah, no, I've had that conversation on right. set where it's like, oh, where are you from? Pennsylvania. Where are you from? Miami. Where are you from? L.A. Oh, Louisiana. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> L.A. Yeah. L.A. Los Angeles. Yeah. And they're like, really? What's that like? Yeah, interesting. <laughs> right. And so uh, your whole life, huh? My whole my whole life. Yeah, it was something that I wanted to do as a kid. You know, my mom, I was raised by a single mom, two boys. But, uh, my mom raised two boys on her own. So the the ability financially to put us in some kind of art form was not readily available. So it was something that had always been in my heart. Uh, I ended up after high school going off to the military, to the Marine Corps. And while I was in the Marine Corps, I picked up the hobby of salsa dancing. I was going to ask you. I saw that on your on your IMDb. Yeah. I was world you know, class. You tell me you're a karate expert or um, fighting expert. I believe you. I can tell. Well, when it, you tell me you're a salsa expert, I'm like, all right, is he just putting that on his resume? <laughs> yeah. And then you pick this up in the military. Hold on a I, second. I I um I had a buddy of mine who I was in town on on weekend liberty, and he was promoting us a Latin club, and he's like, hey man, we had this Latin club. Want you to come check it out? They have a free salsa lesson from eight to nine, and I'm like, yeah, I'll go check it out. And I had an absolute blast. And I'm like, I'm coming back next Saturday. Yeah. And next Saturday. Cool. And when I was on leave at Liberty, I was in LA taking salsa classes. And then I started taking them 
every night I'd go to the the club on Saturday for the free lesson and then dance. Mm. And then Sundays I'd go to Long Beach to a place called the Dance Factory which no longer exists. And the instructor who had been teaching at the salsa club was teaching all day Saturday. So I'd be there from like 9 a.m. to like 4, learning, learning, learning. Oh, that's a long, okay, that's a long day. Yeah, yeah. it was, but it, but I was so, like, so involved it. with it. Yeah, you just loved it. Right, I yeah. was absolutely not. Now, were you still trying to do acting while you are doing this? or was No, it at the like time, the acting burner? wasn't, acting okay. was still not, not in the mix yet. It was, okay. you know, it, it had been a passion that had kind of fallen off the wayside because, you know, you go, is it you just about meeting girls? This also yeah, I was gonna say, some like, people use it like it's that. a great way to dance with girls, right? Yeah, and, and it's a great way to be noticed. Yeah, I would sure. say I would say so for sure. Yeah, um, is that why you love it? No, <laughs> it's just an, it's just an awesome art form, and and uh, I I got proficient enough that the instructor asked me to audition for his dance company. Mm. Whoa! And after about like three months of, that's how like involved I got with it. Yeah, I auditioned for the dance company. He brought me on as an understudy, and I think another three months later, I started performing with the dance group. Wow. And we started traveling. We started traveling oh. to other, what they call salsa congresses, which are weekend conventions that take place all over the U.S. And it's dancing competitions? or is There were, like there were showcases where, where dance companies from different cities, different countries would come in and perform. And then there would be dancing workshops where they'd be mm. like, they'd start at like nine in the morning until the evening. And then the evening was dancing from like 8 p.m. to like 4 a.m. the next day. It was just, it's a salsa marathon. Yeah. To put it, to put it in another way. And uh, I was doing that for about a year. I was still in the military. A couple of my buddies actually got involved in it too, and they started a dance company that was made up of Marines, men and women Marines. So the, you weren't the only dancer in the Marines? No, no, there was, oh. quite, a, there was quite a few. Interesting. Um, and when I left the dance company, I had run into this girl. I was in Puerto Rico for the Bacardi Salsa Congress. Obviously. <laughs> and it was, you know, a week in Puerto Rico dancing from morning, noon, and night. And I ran into this girl, and we started dating after that trip when we came back. And she was known internationally as the Princess of Salsa. And she's known today as J-Lo. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> close, close. Uh, J-N. They are okay, her all initials. Right. And so she didn't have a dance partner. We weren't dancing as partners. We were dating. And she said, you know, I don't have a dance partner. And I've been invited to go to these festivals and teach and perform. You, you want to do some of that with me? And yeah. we started doing that. And we went to a small congress in Amsterdam. Mm. And it was a three-day congress. And while we were there, there were other promoters from Spain, from France, from, from England, from Japan that came and, and said, hey, while you guys are here, would you guys want to come over to Germany to teach? And would you guys want to come over to London and teach in Paris? Hmm. And we spent about six months. Just traveling and dancing. Traveling in Europe, dancing wow. and teaching. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That sounds like <laughs> a lot of fun. And it, on somebody else's dime. <laughs> Even yeah, better. Getting and, paid for it. And you're it. there with your girlfriend at the time? Girlfriend at the time. I mean, so I, got that's, to, I mean, what else do you want? Right. You know? And it was an amazing experience. Came back. Then we started traveling some more internationally. Actually, the morning of September, well, actually, the week before September 11th, we were in Raleigh, North Carolina, teaching a workshop. It was a, fri a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I think Monday was the was the tenth. Trying to remember exactly the, the exact dates. We we almost missed our flight the day before on the tenth of September. And where were you guys flying to? We were flying back to LA because okay. we were going to come back to LA 
unpack, wash clothes, repack, and the next Take day fly out else. of LA to New York, New York to Paris. Times were good. Yeah. Nothing could ruin it. Right. right. We get we 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 got ushered to our flight. We were on a on a uh, American Airlines flight at eight in the morning from Raleigh, North Carolina to LA. Got to LA, no problem. Did all the clothes, washing all the clothes, yeah. repacking, getting everything ready. We get up the next morning at like five in the morning, getting ready to walk out the uh, the door at like six thirty or something like that, and the phone's ringing. She goes and picks up the phone, and it's her family calling from Toronto, Canada. You guys are being attacked. Turn on the TV. Where are you? We're like, what? So the Canadians knew we before we did. We turn on the TV. It was East Coast time. It was yeah. like 9 o'clock, something like that. Right, right, right. Because it happened in the morning. Right. There, yeah. We turn on the TV, and it was just such a surreal moment seeing the oh, yeah. World Trade Center. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Right. And just as we're watching that, the second plane hit. <sighs> Brutal. And we're like, what? And, of course, all flights were grounded. Right. You know, we're like the the trip to Europe is is a no go, obviously. And three or four days passed. The promoters in in Europe had to switch the dates, not knowing if it was going to go through or not. And then we caught the first flight, the first day the airports were open. And our flight was like at eight in the morning. We got to the airport at four in the morning. And I never seen such long lines. It was just yeah, it was a, yeah. everything well, changed. Yeah, because everybody was grounded, forward. so now they're finally being able to leave. But every they were screening everybody and everything. Yeah. yeah. And we got on that. It was a triple seven, which is a really big plane, and it was the emptiest flight I've ever been on. Everyone was afraid, right? I think in our section, we were in business class. I think I could have counted on one hand how many people were in the cabin. Man. And of course, one gentleman walked in, a Middle Eastern gentleman. Uh, People were freaking think, out, and and everybody was like, unfortunately, yeah. was giving this person just the craziest looks. Did they say anything to him? I don't think they said anything to him, but it was just you know everybody was on edge. Yeah. People didn't know what to think, you know. Yeah. Right, it was right. A confused, confusing. You know, it was. Like, it people was. were like, oh, we got attacked. Like, who did this? Why would they do this? You know, all this. It's, it was chaos. Right. Yeah, I remember. Right. And so we went, went to Paris, taught in Paris. From there, we went to London, Scotland. Uh, we spent a significant amount of time there. I think we'd come back to the States and then went back. And we were in Frankfurt, Germany for two days. And then the war started in... in the uh, war on terror. In, war in Afghanistan. And then you were obviously no longer in the military at this no, time? No, I wasn't in the military. Okay. So you had already so gotten, you'd out. gotten out. Oh, okay. I was, however, I was, when I was in the Marine Corps, I did spend eight months in the Persian Gulf during Desert Storm, oh, wow. Desert Shield, Desert, Desert oh, Stable. Wild. So that was earlier on in the 80s, yeah. like late 80s, early 90s. What did 90s. you do in the military, by the way, as well? I was a radio operator. Okay. I was in communications. Okay. And so you weren't really seeing combat then? Yeah, no, I was, I was with all the units that were in the front lines. I was with the artillery units, and then I got moved up to Communicating with front, other troops, essentially? With other troops, calling okay. in support, and I was, I was with the unit that saw combat, the first combat, just outside of Kofji, when the city of Kofji was also overrun. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so going from that experience to then... Salsa know, dancing, dancing in salsa. another country. Yeah, and I'm in Frankfurt, Germany, and the war starts, and we're like, what do we do? <laughs> Everybody looked at me. Like, what do we do? Yeah. Like, well, what you, are you asking you, me you, for? You, I was, you're in the military. Yeah, you know tell goes. us what to do. And I was like, maybe we go home? I don't know. And, <laughs> but we... We danced. Yeah, we danced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We stayed and danced. Yeah. So I did, I did that for some time, and, and through the dancing, I got asked to... I was starting to be asked to be involved in certain TV shows as a 
principal dancer and, and one of the first movies I worked on was Blow with Johnny Depp and Penelope Cruz. One of the best movies ever. Yeah, it's one oh, of my favorite movies. awesome film. So uh, tell us about that movie. What tell did, us all about it. Yeah. I spent about uh, two weeks working on that film and we shot... And where did they shoot this? We shot all over LA. We shot at uh, at the Biltmore in downtown was the wedding scene where he meets, meets Penelope Cruz's character for the ah, first time. Okay. That's great. And if you watch yeah. that scene, you'll see me dancing around Doing Johnny and, and, uh, and, and, and Penelope the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Uh, and then there was, I think we shot in Malibu a, a New Year's Eve scene again with with Johnny Depp and Penelope Cruz. And so for me, it was like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. liking this experience. And there were some agents that were showing up on set on set. Okay, which was which yeah. was odd to me. And this one lady approached me and says, like, you you know, you look great on camera. And what have you considered acting? Mm. I said, yeah, I'd love to, but I, I have no idea where to start. Oh, yeah. well, you can go take classes. And she sent me. From my first commercial class to Blanca Valdez. Okay, yeah, the casting director. Right, yeah. and she's a she's a big casting director in the Latino community yeah. for commercials, Tons of and, commercials and, for, yeah. and for movies and you she know like East, East Los and all these other ones. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's and she's a well respected casting director, right. and that was my first acting class. Mm. And then uh, through the dancing, I got asked to be on a TV show called American Family, which was Isa Morales, Edward James okay. Olmos. Raquel Welch, Constance what, what Marie. What network was that on? That was, uh, that was, I'm trying to remember if that was on like PBS. It was okay. one of those shows, but okay. the cast was amazing. Okay. And um, and when you were working on set with uh, uh, Johnny Depp and He was stuff, a total asshole to you, did right? you Nah, he yeah. was awesome. Did you <laughs> he see, was, awesome. was there anything that you saw about what he was doing, about what other actors, other actors were doing, were like, man, they're, they're just really good, or like, did you get any information like... Something you could learn from them? He would get in character. I don't, I don't, I'm, I've never studied so much of his background to know if he's more like method acting or what his you know method of, of, of study of acting had been or his approach to acting. But he seemed like himself when we wouldn't be filming. and and uh, But once we were in the scenes in between takes, he was in character. Uh, and But he was really approachable. He was... Really, really fun guy. I think we shared a couple of clove cigarettes together. <laughs> Cloves? <laughs> that's what he smokes, clove cigarettes. Yeah. It, it, like, that's that's his cigarette of choice. Yeah. And uh, so that was that was a fun experience, and it was the first time that I saw myself on the big screen and was like, all right. I, this, could, do that. I could do this. If, if we watched the movie, we would see you? Yeah, you'd see me. You'd see yeah. me in the wedding scene. Nice. Um, I've seen that movie a bunch of times. Me too. too. It's it's a good movie. They just put it on Netflix again. I just rewatched it like a week or two ago. There we go. Oh really? And yeah. He didn't even know he. Yeah, he was. Yeah, you see me like, in the dancing. It was scene. like a month and a half ago. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. I have it. I have it. And, and every so often, I'll get people that will call me and say, "Hey, were you in Blow?" I'm <laughs> although, although they'll take a screenshot, right? And then text it to the me. I'm like, oh yeah. wow, that, that's a long time ago. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I've done other things since. Then. <laughs> you know, guys. Just so you know, I was actually in this starring role in this. But hey. Well, when I when I was working on American Family, I. I Became really good conversational friends with Edward James Olmos, and we talked. To, I was talking to him about what I'd been doing and what I was looking to do, accomplish. And he's like, "If you're really serious about acting, go back to school." Mm. He's like, "I have a friend. Uh, my son studied with at the Meisner Center for Performing Arts, and I can put in a word with you, uh, give you a referral to to speak with Martin Barter, who was the the teacher and at Martin Barter." was Sandy Meisner's assistant the last 14 years of Sandy's life. And he took over? And, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and when he, actually Sandy told him, let's open up a school in California because mm -hmm. Sandy, you know, had been on the East Coast in, at the 
at the neighborhood playhouse. Okay. And so Martin was brought out to the, Marty was brought out to the West Coast. They opened up the school in, in uh, North Hollywood. And uh, thanks to Edward James Noble, so I, I went to take the class and I enrolled in the two-year program. And then shortly thereafter, I enrolled in, uh, in the master's program, mm-hmm. which was about a two and a half, another two and a half years. All the while I was auditioning which I shouldn't have been in retrospect because I was still very are you technically clean. not supposed to audition while you're going through the program. Supposedly, Why? supposedly. Yeah. Right? I've heard that through the Meisner program. You're not supposed to. Yeah. Be they, working, they, sort of. because you know, you're still unsure of, of your choices. And I was very, very, very green. You were yeah. in the movie blow. <laughs> yeah, but that was because of the dancing skills, right? You know? right. But you got to tell them, guys. I just worked opposite Johnny Depp. <laughs> I think I got this. All right. I got this. I know. But for me, that was like, uh, you know, for any dancer at that time, they if they were in a movie, they touted that big time, and, and it was a big accomplishment. Oh, yeah. And now looking back, I'm like, man, what was I thinking? I, <laughs> I think it is a big accomplishment. I think it's cool, though. Yeah, especially, it was Especially cool. if you saw yourself on Just screen. Just to be on that set, too. I mean, I think, you know, it's already difficult to get on a set like that to begin with. So just to be able to see it, how right. it's made. And you, and you can I mean? be a character witness for Johnny Depp with Amber. <laughs> right. And this is, this is the funny thing, too. Looking back at that movie... In the years that I've been acting, I, I, I've built a lot of great friendships and, uh, you know, a lot of people that I've come to know in a, on a very personal level. And then I go look at that film and I see all these actors that are really good friends of mine mm. that have speaking roles in that film. Like the scene where he gets shot. Do you remember that? But they're, scene? they're around the table? They're, no, they're in a hotel. Oh, yeah. And, and the guys come like, to, a, like a deal, right? They're, they're doing a drug deal and, and it goes sh- bad. Right. right. And he tells them to leave after and, they get shot. And the guys, the guys shoot him. Those two guys, they're twin brothers, Carlos and Mauricio Mendoza. Mm. Mauricio ended up being my roommate for like a year, mm. years later. And, you know, he had a, a great role in that film and several other friends. And I'm just like, these guys are all friends of mine now. Random. Right. And yeah. I'm done. And, Back then, I remember being like, I want to be the one with the lines. I want to be the right. one that's, you know, being the focal point of a scene. Totally. And, you know, it's, 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 been, it's been a work in progress, and, and I still feel that there's, there's much, much more to accomplish. Well, judging from your IMDb, what I would say, I just quickly scrolled through it. Anytime they're um, taking a hit movie and putting it on TV, they're going to call you. Because I saw Rush Hour, SWAT. Yeah. <laughs> I know TV shows that Rush Hour was a was a TV series that was based on the original movie. Right. And that was a lot of fun to work on that. And yeah, I've had some amazing, amazing opportunities. Um, but you have to take them with a grain of salt because you. No, dude, don't do that. Man. No, you have to take them with a grain of salt. You have to you can't let that go to your head ever because this business is one that will that will humble you very, very quickly. You can be a guest star on a show, you know, one month and not be able to get an audition for several other months and then can't get anything bigger than a co-star. And that it's happened to me. It's happened to plenty of friends that I know. So you can't uh, assume that you just have to take the win and and relish in it and continue knowing and, and have in your mind that, hey, you know, there's still plenty to go. Plenty to achieve. So I know you've, uh, we just touched on it right now, but you've obviously worked on a ton of TV shows, really Like notable, a ton of them. Lots of them. What do you say is, and you just said you just, when you got here on the podcast before we jumped on, you said you already booked like three projects. Yeah. Didn't, didn't talk about that, but I wanted to ask you now, you've worked on all these, a lot of procedurals, different types of shows, Westworld. Uh, I mean, I'm almost blanking now, uh, but 
what do you think is the secret to booking these types of roles? What's worked for you? Um, about, about, I'd say about three or four years ago, somebody sent me a link to a video, uh, Denzel Washington talking to a group of college theater students. And some of the things that he, many of the things that he said to these students resonated with me in that success is when preparation and consistency mm. meets opportunity. And you're doing the consistency. People don't usually say the consistency part. Consistency. Because oh. if you're not consistent, then you're going to be all over the place. You might book some, you, you might not book for a while. And it's just maintaining a level of consistency. And, and that's, you know, for me, I have a group that meets at my house on a weekly basis. And all we do is help one another with audition technique. And we run it like an audition. Mm. They like come the, in. The stuff that they're going to audition for it later that in the they've week. either going to audition for or they've already, or they've already for. auditioned for or they were in the running for or stuff that's right like the type of roles that they would want to go out for and mm -hmm. and are well suited for mm -hmm. and uh, from that group we've had with this group started about i'd say now 12 years ago and it was started by max arseniega so if, if any breaking bad fans out there love it best show he ever. was what he was crazy eight so he was crazy the eight. the guy that was chained up with a bike lock in the basement. First season? First season. First three episodes. He's the first guy that Walter White kills himself. Okay. I, I, can't, I can't think of his face, but I definitely remember that. I oh, you got to watch it. Yeah, he's, but he's amazing. Guy. Okay. And now he's got a recurring role on Better Call Saul because, as you know, Better Call Saul oh, takes place. It's a great place. show, too. It's a, like a prequel mm -hmm. to, to Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah. And he's been working on that for years. And he was, you know, he's a Chicago-trained actor. Went to Columbia College in Chicago. He's been in the game for a while. Uh, him and another actor by the name of Nicholas Roy, who has since transitioned to just being a voice actor. But he's killing the game. Why would anybody do that? Oh, my God. He's killing the game. He, If you look at, at my resume for TV, you look at his resume for voice, and it's just far extensive. I imagine it's super hard to like just like live off voice work, right? Mm-mm. He's doing... I mean, like, not... No, no, I, no. That it's, sorry, it's hard to... Um, like book that consistently, voice work. That's what I mean. Yeah, but he's done it in such a way that, you know, he's able to do all these different characters, works on a ton of animated series. Oh, okay. He can do voices and all kinds of he stuff. He does all kinds of voices, yeah. and he is <clears throat> he is what I consider to be a very likable person. He's, he's consistent. He's on time, which is a big thing in this industry, you know. How big? Huge. I, I've known of actors who have been passed up for roles because they were five, ten minutes late to an audition. Mm -hmm. yeah. And casting directors take note of that. Mm -hmm. and, ca and I've built enough friendships with casting directors and casting associates that they'll tell me, yeah, when someone's late, we make a, a note of that. We take, a no we take note and we mm -hmm. notice that. And that can be the difference of you not only not booking the role, but not getting back into that office for a long time. Interesting. Hmm. Now comparing, comparing it to like to self tapes, I know you said you like going in more. What do you think? I know you said you booked the last couple of things off of self tapes. What do you think is a good trick to self tapes to make them stand out compared to others? Like besides just doing a good performance, right? Besides lighting and all that stuff, like what do you think are some ways of? Because it can be challenging sometimes. It can be if challenging. There's like action scenes and all these other things, you know. Yeah, if you're like supposed to be driving in a car and like speeding, it's like oh, but you're really just sitting on a chair. Right. Try not to overthink it. And, and, and this, this <laughs> the imaginary steering wheel in front of you does not work. Yeah. Yeah. It's best just to keep your hands in your lap 
And, you know, especially if it's a scene where I'm talking to somebody who's next to me, rather than me facing the camera directly, I'll angle myself mm. so that they're still getting, I'm not total profile, they're still getting some of my face. And that way, when I go to talk to the person who's supposedly sitting next to me, if I'm the driver, right. then they're seeing my face. So this idea of being, when you're sitting facing the camera and you're turning like this, then you start profiling. Like like the camera, the mic didn't pick up my voice just then because I turned my face. It makes a difference, you know. Those little things make a difference. Yeah. Um, the, one of the auditions that I just booked on vi on tape was me with gunplay, pulling out an imaginary gun. Yeah. And you know, there's some props that you can use. What your do you? Your cell phone. Use your phone for a your gun. Your cell phone is a great thing to yeah. use as a prop if you're on a phone or you're texting somebody. Um, but this. That he's just holding up fingers. Yeah, it's literally. <laughs> I prefer what that the is. machine gun. Just, right, you know, like <laughs> you know but you can, you can, you yeah. can. If your shotgun, yeah. that works. This works. Never this. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So ne I, I, never two fingers with a thumb above. Yeah. Right. Just, just do one finger. That immediately kidding. takes anybody who's <laughs> watching that audition completely out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you want them to focus on what's happening here, and your emotion, and not be like. Did he just put two fingers up? Like, <laughs> yeah. Did he just do the, the finger gun? This guy. <laughs> the finger gun. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you, you have to try and you have to base it in reality. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've had, I, like I was saying, in this last audition, I'm supposed to pull out a gun and start a gun battle. But once I pull the gun out, then I cut there. Mm. And then I just fast forward to the scene, to the rest of the scene where the dialogue takes place. And then I'll come back into scene and with the dialogue. And if there's gunplay in between the dialogue, that's fine. Well, what is gunplay? Just like pulling out the gun? No, just like if shooting you're shooting or you're, something, you're firing, right. yeah. you know, and you're firing and you're coming back and you're yelling orders right. and talking to whoever is firing or it's you're like having when you're the in, the, in the action, in the action, yeah. then yeah, then, in the then, heat of battle. But if you start like, you know, doing all this stuff and it really is, is not going to benefit you. So if you see the audition, you'll see the moment I pull the gun. It goes, it fades to black. And then you cut and to then the next it fades the back in yeah. when I'm ducking for cover and, and going into the rest of the dialogue. So, so you're editing the self-tapes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier is, is as actors now with these self-tapes, we've taken on multiple roles, not just the actor, but now the DP, the director of photography, right. the person who sets up the lighting, the editor, the, the sound <laughs> yeah. and the editor. Yeah. And then you have to get this off together. in a timely manner. I know. For casting to see it. It's, sometimes it's a lot easier just to go and knock it out and go home. You know what I mean? Like go like to a, the office. Go to the office, do it in person, and all right, I'm done. Right. And that's it. And then you go home. But, yeah. you know, and then it gets expensive if you don't have your own setup. I, I, I went ahead and, and made the investment and spent about a, just under $1,000 to get nice LED lights, yeah. a nice backdrop that I can actually roll up into the ceiling uh -huh. and pull down when I need, which is, which is this one's blue. Yeah. And I was at first I thought blue, why blue? But it pops. You mm. pop on screen as opposed to like gray, as opposed to like yeah. gray or black. I like gray. I use gray on yeah, mine. I but, feel gray is pretty common. That's it's right. like neutral. You can use yeah. white if you light it right. It'll look gray. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So you know you just want to watch out for the busy backgrounds because I had a um, a backdrop that I had purchased that was like it was like. A blend of grays and whites tie dye, but it was too yeah, it was almost like a tie dye, <laughs> and it was too busy. Al, uh, you know, it's not really working for us. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> like, and the second I changed to the blue backdrop, it was like game changer. Yeah, 
Interesting. Even, even just that little, little thing, thing that some people may not realize is important. Yeah. And uh, and I, the casting director who cast the show that I put, sent the self tape in for, she grabbed one one of the walls in her office is painted blue. Mm. So yeah, it's like so, an, it's almost like it's, it's comforting. Yeah. Yeah, and she it was knows like, that. oh, okay, yeah, that's right. you're seeing that a lot more now. Um, the the less busy the background, the better. You know, some people do it in front of their curtains, but curtains are, you know, wrinkled and that stuff. Yeah. Believe it or not, it pulls, actually looks weird. It pulls the eye away, right? And it takes people out of the reality that you're trying to establish on screen. So I think what you're saying is, uh, don't add, add a bunch of sound effects to your video. Yeah, no like gun, <laughs> gun shooting. Don't make like, the no. pew pew sound. Get down. <laughs> no, no need for no need to add Bombs any sound off. effects. Really, <laughs> I, although I have done it, where yeah. like. Uh, I had somebody, I have a, this notepad that if you slap it hard enough, it sounds, it sounds like, like a, a shotgun. Okay. And so there was one scene that I had to react to the fact that somebody started shooting at me, but it was well within the dialogue. And it just looked weird for me to all of a sudden have this reaction when there was nothing to react to sound-wise. Right. Mm -hmm. So I <laughs> I had my, my wife sitting on the back there with, with the with the pad and where it got to that point she smacked it and it sounded like a gunshot is this the same woman from pre 9-11 salsa dancing or? no 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 no, 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 <laughs> no she's way better way better we we've we've gone our separate ways my right. my former dance partner and i um but yeah it's you know sometimes it can be justified mm. and if it's done and you and you've committed enough to it then it's believable yeah if that makes sense yeah totally you know if if um if somebody's yelling Bam! Off screen, and there's no reaction, or the reaction's too over the top. Right. Then it, it may not work. It might not work, yeah. You know, so yeah, it's whatever choices you make, you have to commit to them 100%. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to kind of backtrack to you. You kind of touched on this at the beginning, but uh, I'm really curious to hear about this shadow director. That's what I was going to explain. Shadow director. Yeah, yes. because uh, how is that? Do you, how, how often do you get input? Yeah. I was in the mix from the very beginning. Once, once I got there, Anton took me under his wing, and he's like, "Hey, you know the the thing with shadow directing. This is, is a single camera show. It's or? a single camera show uh, called LA's Finest, starring Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba. They're the they're the two leads on. Just the show. auditioned for that. Me and my twin brother didn't book it. I guess. What what was the? Well, it was the twin episode. Um, I don't know if it was like a few weeks ago, and Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba were busting into a bar. And they were maybe looking for twins. I didn't get the whole thing, but um, they saw twins, which were us. And we were kind of like, um, you know, like just people at the bar and kind of hitting on them a little bit. And then Gabrielle Union's like, I got some stuff to handle. And she clothes lines a person. And then um, <laughs> and then she's like, actually, I'll take that drink with you guys. Oh, so, yeah. No, I, I, I that wasn't the episode that I that I um, shadowed on. But Anton, like I said, brought, brought me under his wing and said, you know, as a shadow director, you're seen without being seen. And I didn't quite get that at first. You know, obviously, I was there to observe and, and learn. Uh, on the first day on set, he was talking to Gabrielle Union, and I, I was standing there trying to listen in on the conversation, but I was standing in her eye line, and he's got his back to me, and he's talking to her, and she's just kind of staring at me, and then he kind of just turned and looked at me, and he, he continued his conversation with her. And then at the end of, uh, of that he pulled me aside. He's like, hey, you know, remember that thing about scene without being seen? You can't stand in the actor's eye line when they're trying to prepare for the scene and they don't know who you are and who's this person that's all of a sudden standing in front of me. 
you know, and it's, it can be distracting. And, and, I, and I totally understand. You were standing yeah. in front of the camera or? No, no, no. This was, the camera was off. We're, they were, I had rehearsed the scene and, and Anton went up to Gabby and was, was talking to her about the scene. And I was watching Anton and trying to listen in, but Gabrielle was turning, facing him. And so thus, I was in her eye line. God, such a diva. <laughs> no, no, she's 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 great, and nah, she's she's, great. she's a very she's an amazing professional, amazing actress for and, sure. And, and that I show s- looks good. It, it looks it's it's fantastic. like bad bad boys for women. Mm. It, it is a spinoff of Bad Boys. Yeah. She mm. plays the same character, which is Martin Lawrence's sister on, that they established back in Bad Boys Two. Oh, I didn't realize oh. it was the same universe. And I knew it's it was the, like same the same universe. It's the same universe. And how, so they do make reference how's to she her connected brother. Then? Jessica Alba plays, so Gabrielle Union's character comes to L.A. She leaves the DEA okay. and comes to work for, L- for the LAPD. Okay. And they partner her up with another strong female detective played uh, by Jessica Alba. Alba. Okay. Uh, her name is Nancy McKenna on the show. Okay. And then, uh, and then uh, Gabrielle's character is named Sid, Sid Burnett. Mm. And so they're two strong strong women and it's you know it's a great show in that sense because you got these two women that are kicking ass. Well, what did you learn like from the directing? I was in on the one of the very first meetings we had was the tone meeting. And that was with all the department heads, all the writers talking about this is what this episode is like. This is where the arc is coming from. And it it is a series in the sense that you can't just jump in on episode five and understand. So you have to be watching. You all have of them. to be watching the whole, okay. the whole from the first episode, so you <clears> understand <throat> the storyline. Because you know there is a payoff at the end of the thirteenth episode, and it's all tied in from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not something you can just pick up on episode. It's 11 not a, like a procedural. Just no, it's in. not like a CSI yeah. Miami where you could right. watch one episode and I, you get it. The yeah, the, yeah. the you know the beginning, the middle, the end takes place in. In an hour, which is truly unrealistic, uh, but but you know it 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 goes through a progression, yeah. And there's an arc, and you know they have their their moments, good and bad, and and their relationships, you know, good and bad. So uh, at this tone meeting, you're discussing story, st- and discussing art story, and discussing art. If it's if it's a guest director, which which it was, and Anton is one of the executive producers on the show, oh, okay. so he's so been he's there. He's been there from the, from day one. He knows season. the vibe. He knows right. he knows the vibe. He knows the tone. He knows. So his meetings are, are usually pretty short. And then you have when there's a guest director, and and nothing against the guest directors, but you know they they spend a little more time with the guest directors to make sure the guest directors understand that because they don't want them the ruining it. They're gonna well, not that they would ruin it, but they this is already a vehicle in motion, and right, they're gonna come right. in. And, and this like is a new the kid tone, in school. and this is how we yeah, do it, and this rules. is some of the things that we can do, and some of the things that we we'd like to focus on and the writers are in the room talking about you know the storyline that they've set for that episode and you're sitting in on all these meetings and i'm sitting in on all the meetings yeah. and then i sit in on the on the production meeting which was you know uh um all the department heads and they talk with costumes and they talk with locations and transport and the art department that's going to dress up you know the the sets and it's it's incredible. It's a lot. It's a it's lot. A lot. Yeah. And, and so, then what's the time frame on this? So let's say he's directing, let's say one episode, eight How, days, eight days, eight days to shoot. Right. But, how but much there's pre-production like a week and a half of prep. Of pre-production. And then a how week much? Week and a half to two weeks. And then post. Prep. How much post work is on that? Uh, well, we finished that episode uh, over a week ago, and they're in like day two of post. We just got the editor's cut for the episode, which I watched this morning. Mm. Went to went to the studio and sat with Anton and the and the editor, and discussed 
in the editor's clip, the editor basically throws in everything but the kitchen sink, just mm-hmm. to kind of see where we need to adjust. Right. You know, see where this, we can cut. Or yeah, like what this clip work. works. This clip doesn't. We let's use this take instead of the one that's currently on the screen, and it, so it makes more sense and that kind of stuff. And and uh, that for me is is you know school. Now, did you also sit in on a casting session yes. for that episode for the guest I, actors? I sat in on the casting sessions. What we, was that like? The The first day after the, the tone meeting, we went location scouting. And so we got in this really fancy van that had a, a TV. It had Apple TV. It had <laughs> Hulu. You could basically do everything. It had snacks. It was this really amazing uh, van. Yeah. And we went out <laughs> to location scanning. I was just like, wow. That's that cool. Awesome. We're, just, we're just checking out locations. Yeah, we're just checking out locations. I felt like a king. Yeah. And uh, stopped at really nice restaurants to eat along the way. Nice. Uh, and then like Anton life. is at, at uh, one of the production meetings the, the very first morning. They're like, okay, now we need to talk to casting. And so we, uh, one of the showrunners, Brandon, Sonia was in the room and he's like, okay, so they call casting. I'm like, okay, casting, these are the uh, roles that we need to cast. And we already sent you a breakdown and, da, 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 and we're going over it. And as we're going over the, the roles, I see a role that you could have played. And I'm like, oh, this guy is former military. He's also runs, a dancer. He runs a retreat, you know, and it's all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I could have totally auditioned for that role. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I got to remind myself that I'm here. You're picking your battles. You yeah, know, this I'm is not the time to speak up. With, but then you with, call your agent and you're like, hey, guys. Yeah. No, no. Actually, what, what I'll tell you the story. So I was thinking to myself, God, this would be su- such a great uh, role to play. Yeah. Because it's right up my alley. Right. And as Brandon's reading the breakdown, he just kind of looked over at me for like a split second and was like, hmm. And then he just <laughs> kept reading. And so uh, Anton, they were finishing up on a previous episode. They were doing some re- uh, pickup shots. And we went down to the soundstage and we're sitting there. And somebody had liked on Facebook one of my, I have an album on there that has pictures of me when I was in the Marine Corps. And Anton's sitting next to me. They set a chair next to me at Video Village, next to the director, next to the 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 executive producer, the writer, and the, the script supervisor. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there looking at my phone, and Anton goes, what's that? I said, that's me in the Marine Corps. He's like, oh, hey, you could audition for that role. And I said, oh, man, I'm here, I'm here, to, I'm here to learn. I'm here yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to shadow you. Yeah. He's like, you could pull double duty, motherfucker. Sorry. I had, that's <laughs> no, exa- right. you exact can, words. You can say whatever you that's want. That's exact words. I like this guy. Fuck, and so, fuck yeah. And so yeah. I started laughing. And sure enough, he picks up his phone, calls his assistant, says, hey, get me um, the casting director's phone number. And again, right when we got done with that, we hopped in the van for location. Yeah. And as we're driving, I hear Anton on the phone. Hey, hey, it's Anton. Hey, I want you to reach out to Al Cornell's people. Yeah, for this role. And Yeah, no, he's a friend of mine, good actor. <laughs> and I was sitting there listening. I was sitting right behind him yeah, the whole yeah, time. Yeah. And then, of course, I get the message from my manager and agent about, hour or two audition. later oh here's this audition right we we got this for you yeah and then you're like <laughs> right. you're more like yeah right. oh, yeah sure you did <laughs> no, then, they're, they're requesting you directly right right yeah we're 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 pitching you yeah we're pitching you no no my agents and managers are awesome yeah. and it's just but you know this is a situation where you know this business can in many respects be about the relationships you've built right and sometimes those relationships can benefit you greatly uh, but I'm not the type of person to tell somebody, hey, you're, you're directing this show. Hey, 
you know, don't I, forget about me. I got you. That's never been me, and yeah. it will never be me. You know, if somebody thinks of me, I I'm, or recommends me, I'm always appreciative and very thankful. And and the first words out of my wor- mouth to Anton were like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm here for this reason, which is to learn from you and to shadow you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I don't, I didn't want anything to take from that. But then when he was like, "You can pull double duty," and right, I was right. Like, okay, that's nice of him to. Yeah, that's you. cool. That he did that. And and I did get to go audition for it, and it was one of those that uh, I was shadowing, and I'm like, hey, Anton, I have to leave for the audition. He's like, okay, tell me how it goes. And I go to the audition, ride back to set, and we're still in prep, still doing scouting. And we had to lac- actually several days of scouting because ser- several locations that we looked at fell through for whatever reason. Mm. You know, there were, you know, it was unsafe, or they couldn't get the permits, permits. in time, okay. or, you know, it was too far, and, and they like to do it in, in bundles where... If they're at one location, it's a lot of money for a company move to mm. one location. I see. So if they can make the other two or three exter- external locations close by, yeah, they and, save and money. Make base camp the the general location. It saves a ton of money. Mm. So off that first scout, the producer came up and said, "Hey, all right, you guys are about two hundred sixty thousand dollars over budget. So we need to we need to make some adjustments. Over budget. So over budget oh for the God. episode. Do you know what the budget is per episode? Uh, I don't. I don't. Okay. I just I just heard that and was like two hundred sixty. Wow, that's a lot of money. They're like, oh, that's just because we got Gabriel Union on this one. That's right. why. And then <laughs> and then the you? of course the location manager's like, okay, I'm, I have a few. I've been on a few other locations. Let me check on those. And then we went and scouted that same day, and then came back, and the showrunner comes back in. Oh, now you're two hundred eighty thousand under. I'm like, mm. how did that happen? Wow! And we okay. didn't really lose anything. We didn't lose just just change locations. locations. Wow! And uh, one of the locations we shot at, and this was actually the week before we were shooting in Malibu, off of Las Virgenes, right past the location where the accident with Kobe Bryant just happened. We were literally oh, yeah. Down, I think, down you, I, I, think I saw you that. post on Facebook down the that. road from that. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, that Wednesday, I was riding. The motor, my motorcycle down to set. We were shooting out in Malibu, and I got off the freeway, made that left turn, and got about two streetlights, which is right about where where that where that the helicopter, helicopter crashed. Yeah, and it was dense fog, and my helmet shield fogged up, and when I went Couldn't to wipe see. it, it was just water. Oh, and I and as I got closer to set, it, when I by the time I got to set and took the helmet off, it looked like I had been in rain. Mm. And that day we were doing some drone shooting. So we had some drone, uh, uh, camera-mounted drones, right? I'm saying that correctly. Camera-mounted drones. And and I started thinking to myself, God, looking around, thinking, I wonder if a helicopter ever went down here, how difficult it would be to rescue. This was on Wednesday. Yes. And I was thinking that to myself. Yeah. And um, and then, of course, that Sunday. Yeah. Kobe's helicopter went down, and it, it was, was like, because it was a foggy day. It was because it's a foggy. I remember driving. Foggy day. I remember that morning in LA. It was super foggy. I was it's like, even worse off Las Virgins. I, I can't was, imagine. It was dense. Yeah, and uh, and I'm sure that they didn't even see it coming. Right. It was that uh, from based on what I saw that that fog was really really dense. Yeah. So you know it's, it's things crazy. like that that you know you, you and, and Gabrielle Union being on the show you know her her husband. She was affected, yeah, because yeah, Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, and you yeah, know, yeah, they, they're good they're, friends. They're good oh friends. man! And, yeah. So Jessica Alba too is friends with with Kobe yeah. Bryant with the Bryants, yeah. and so it's it was a very. I, mean, uh, I imagine they were probably like mood. wrecked on set. Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't there that because I was working on Project X. I wasn't there 
to see the aftermath of how that affected people, but I, I did hear a little bit of that. Yeah. Did they um, cancel shooting that day at all, or they just kept going? So I, much I don't know. On? I don't know. I don't yeah. know if they did. I, 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 I hesitated to ask. Yeah, it's um, very sensitive. Yeah. Right, and, you know, it's it's still very fresh in everyone's mind. But, you know, going back to this whole thing with, with, uh, with working on the production side, I got to see things that we as actors don't see. We as actors show up to set. We make sure we're off book. We make sure we're prepared where are my marks? What's my relationship? What's yeah. what's the what's, story? What's that, for what's lunch? The, yeah, what's the story <laughs> that's driving this character? Right. Where's crafty? Yeah. Um, and so I think sometimes as actors, we, we because we're not aware of that, sometimes we we tend to think that the world revolves around us. Right. We don't, we don't realize there's so many moving pieces. We're a very small piece in a very large machine, right. very large mechanism. And there's so many things to take pl that take place. I mean, I got to see how important not only that was for the director to know what he was doing, but also to have the right people working with you. Mm. The, the director of photography, the, the first AD, the, the, the UPM. Yeah. The, you know, the director would say, oh, you know, I have this in mind. And, and then the AD would be like, well, this isn't going to work because of this. Oh, you know, it could work better this way because of that. Or the DP would say, well, the way you want to set it up, the lighting's not going to work here. Mm. It would be better this way. And so I got to see all that. Yeah. And it really made me appreciate what we as actors don't have to deal with. Right. It's a lot. It is a lot. A lot. And it is a lot. For us, you only, we only come in for like, let's say it's a day or two or whatever days it is. And then the director's there from the beginning to the end. To the end and beyond. Yeah. Because they have the, the, the week or two of prep. Right. Not just the filming, post but also the post production, right? And and it is a very tedious process. Did, and when did you get cast for the role? Did you get cast in the role? The director ended up nixing him. Just kidding. <laughs> no, the, oh, the, the, the previous role, the one that I auditioned yeah, for. Yeah, the one you auditioned for. You were we shadowing. Were, we were. Uh, oh, so I was saying. Yeah. When we were in that van with the TV, he was on an iPad, and he was via Apple TV was pulling up the auditions and watching them wow. with a headphone that's like, or that's, head, headsets yeah. and watching these auditions. How, does he watch the whole thing? Or how many yeah, does he, he would have? watch the whole thing and then he'd go back and then he'd look at the next one and so I could see you know, who was being cast in certain female roles yeah, and who yeah. was being cast. But I didn't see any of my... my he, didn't, he didn't show the characters that I No, I think yeah. he watched... I think, and, and rightly so, he... I felt that... He, he probably shouldn't have watched it in front of me anyways. Yeah, if he would have pulled me up, I would have yeah. said, Anton, watch that some other time. And, you yeah, know, it would have been awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it would have been an awkward moment. Yeah. But, you know, they, they they had me in the running. They All the producers came up and said, we saw your audition. Good job. But then they changed the the, uh, the name of the character. And when they changed the name of the character, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm probably not going to be in the running for this one. And sure enough, they, they cast a different actor based on, on, uh, on was, the look that they were looking was for. Was the character's name like... Like a different like race well, or something. Well, it was Mike at the beginning, and then it became Duke, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's probably not going to be." Me. <laughs> right. And, uh, and like but you know what? They 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 made the choice that that was best for the show, and I yeah. and I thanked them for the opportunity. And he and he, I was in his office, and it's like, "Hey, I want to tell you, we went with someone else. Your audition was strong, but this is this is the reason why why." And I said, "Hey, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity." Yeah. And then he told me, "Well, you know, we still have a few more episodes left." I said, "Hey, man." Yeah. I said, "Thank you for the opportunity. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, right. no worries. You don't owe me anything. Me just being here shadowing you for me is more than enough." That's nice of him to say that, though. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was, you know, and and as an actor, you're not gonna book everything. 
the idea is to want to book everything and, and of course put your best foot forward to book right. everything but it's it's an unrealistic um expectation mm. you want it as a goal it should be your goal book 100 of the auditions you go on but yeah as an expectation you, you want to be realistic too um, did you discover anything from like, I know you said he was watching him in the van, but did you discover anything from the casting process itself from the directing perspective? Uh, yeah, well, actually when, when they got to the callback, you know, when they narrowed down the field, oh, was of, it in person? The actresses, callback? They, they oh. had the actresses and actor, they had the actors, male, female actors, um, come and do the audition in person. And, and so and you, I was in the there? room, okay. I was in the room. So it was like. You know, this is Anton, yeah. this is John the writer, and this is Al. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, nice to meet you, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. And some of the... Some Al's the big wig here. Yeah. Yeah. Al's like, actually, yeah. can you do that another another way? <laughs> right. Like, he's giving them direction. No, I would just sit there and I would watch and, you know, and, and uh, again, seen but not seen. Yeah. Um, you know, I would let Anton and, and the writer discuss and discuss with the casting director, you know, who they felt was... was directable and who they felt fit the role more mm. there was one girl who came in and just crushed it yeah and she's she's an actress who is on the series yellowstone she crushed uh, it okay cool. i absolutely loved her audition but it wasn't believable that she would have been the age that they needed her to be mm -hmm. i see and and when i was watching this audition i was like she's the one that's <laughs> yeah. it yeah that's an amazing audition yeah and then you know she walked out and other actresses came in and i was like well that was pretty good I still like the other one. Yeah. Well, that was pretty good. Oh no, that that actually is really good. Yeah. Everybody that they brought in seven uh, actor female actors and they were all this, good for this role, and they were all they were all capable. Let's just say that they were yeah. all capable. They were all prepared. Did it feel like each one had a little, something a little different? Yes, or were they all definitely, a little similar? Definitely, and and you know you there was one thing that that. Um, I was always told by Marty is, is never leave yourself out of it. You are what's unique. And so you have to bring uh, the essence of yourself into it, but we be within the parameters of the story of the character and what the character is. But all these actresses were phenomenal mm. and I was very impressed. But then sitting back and going over each and every one, when they got to her, I was like, yeah. And then they started talking about like, well, she would need to be this old, and it would be un, uh, not believable that she was that this happened to her when she was this age, and now she's this age. She still looks really, really young. And then I hadn't thought of that. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, that's right." Because you were just thinking about the performance. Itself. I was thinking about the performance. The performance. Right. She, she knocked it out. You had of the, the acting hat on. Yeah, I was like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, she was amazing." Yeah, but it wouldn't have served the story. And so I. I came to my senses and was like, yeah, you know, this and the actress that got booked is someone who I had worked with on a, on another series and, and very capable actress. And she, she crushed it on set. Yeah. You know, she brought, she brought exactly what it needed to bring and it was believable. And the storyline made sense with her in that role. Yeah. And I think sometimes we have to realize that like all those things are not in our control. No, it's you like, know, it's like you just do your best job and then like, I wasn't tall enough. I was too short. Whatever right. it is, it's like, can't do anything about that. And that's another thing, too. For me, seeing that is a big eye-opener of you're not going to get every role because you may go in there and you may crush it and walk out of there like, that was the best audition I ever did, and then you don't hear anything. And it can be very well things that are out of your control. 
you know, there's, there's, you yeah. know, the chemistry between the, uh, oh, I wouldn't be believable that this person and this person would interact or this, you know, that, that, that would live in this particular universe. And we have to keep that in the forefront of our mind. I've have other friends that are my friend, Jane Ali Ortiz. She's the lead on station 19. She's okay. part of the acting group that I said meets in my house. And when she was up for the role of Rosewood, she was, you know, she, in the second season, she got to sit in on some of the casting. And she saw people that came in and audition. And same thing. She was like, oh, my God, this person was incredible. Yeah. And then she'd listen to the producers and the writers. And then they'd make different choices. And she would be like, but, but, <laughs> but this person was amazing. Yeah. Things that are out of our control. So right. as an actor, we have to go in there and put our best foot forward and come in prepared. Because, yeah, you might not get that role. But you make enough of an impression the casting director is going to remember, mm. the producer, the writer, the director is going to remember, and they're going to be like, yeah, you know, although that person wasn't good for this role, we have this other role that's coming up in the next episode that mm. this person would be perfect for. Right. And so... Be open to it. Right. And be so ready. I didn't book that role. Yeah. But you'll be back. I already booked another role on, on the this show. On the show? <laughs> Boom. With uh, your buddy directing? <laughs> no, he's not oh. directing. He's producing. There's a, there's a guest director. Okay. But I found out today that, that I, I booked that role. Awesome. Congratulations, cool. And that was, that was off of a self-tape because, again, nice. I was working on Project X. Okay. And I wasn't able to go in in person. So I had a friend of mine be my reader. We shot it at my house and with all my gear and sent that yeah. off and... Today, when I showed up to no to call, editing, no callback, right straight to it. It went straight booking. to casting. Casting sent it off to producers, and nice. and today, when I was sitting in editing, uh, I got the news. Sweet. Oh, and so congrats. and today I got to sit in another tone meeting for this episode that I'm actually working in. Okay. And they got to that scene that my character is in, and then Anton goes, "Well, you know, the guy playing this role, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> I hear this actor's really, really, really horrible." And then the yeah. writer who we had gotten friend, we had become friends, friends with, yeah. on the other episode, he's like, "Yeah, we may need to bring in an acting coach for for this <laughs> actor because we hear this actor." And then I chimed in and said, "I heard this actor's a real diva, so yeah. Yeah, I don't know, it may be problematic on set." Right. So everybody That's had a cool, laugh man. at my expense. To yeah. That one, but <laughs> That's awesome though. You build those relationships and like you maintain those and it's awesome that that guy was willing to let you shadow yeah like and where that where that kind of leads to right because I, I feel like most people would be really timid to even ask that question like hey you know i'd love to shadow you sometime right like and i bet you nobody ever asked him that probably yeah they they might not ask or they might not or they might get a straight out no true because sometimes that shadowing um program is dictated by by several entities you know like I'm trying right now to get into the Sony directors, um, mm. um, like a fellowship or yeah, something, not, not a mentorship program. Okay. And what they do is they'll, they'll get like 200 applicants and they'll only bring in maybe 12. And these, um, aspiring directors get assigned to an episodic. They'll go and they'll shadow and they're, they're paid a, um, uh, a stipend to okay. do so. Okay. And this is dictated by the studio. Sony has one. Uh, Disney, ABC has one. All the major All networks. the major networks yeah. have some kind of director program. Right. And I'm trying to get into the Sony. I'm trying to apply for all of them, but there's a few things that I need to accomplish to make myself more viable and, mm. and presentable to do that because these these aspiring directors have already directed some shorts or have had an opportunity to re direct commercials and have, you know, 
been asked to direct. And so right. they, they, they are on, more the, on the body verge. of work, right, essentially. Right. So I'm in the process of, of, you know, looking at a few s- scripts to direct cool. and get them into some festival circuits that may put me in better, better uh, status to be able to, to apply what do you confidently. Think, why do you think that guy said yes to you? We, because I, I watched them, I, I listened to them. We we had a good rapport when I was working on the last ship, and uh, he, you know, complimented my work ethic on set. And I watched him do his thing, and I and I complimented him on how, how I felt he was as a director. And then I got to work with him again on on training day, and I was mm. like, man, I really, really want to shadow, shadow yeah. you. And he never forgot. That's cool. And he'd send me, uh, you know, a, a message every so often. Hey, I'm forgotten about you. Yeah. And in December, I was working on a TV show, Man with a Plan, with Matt LeBlanc. Cool. And I was thinking to myself, God, I wonder if I should send Anton a message. I don't want to bother him. I don't want to be that actor. Yeah. You know, and I hadn't heard or spoken to him in six months. And the next day, I get a text from, from him. him. Oh, you put it out there. I said, hey, it's Anton. Hey, I haven't forgotten about you. Hey, as a matter of fact, are you, do you want to shadow me on this next episode? I'm working on this show. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to yeah. have my assistant reach out to you. The next morning, the assistant called me, and she's like, we're going to get you in on the email loop. You're going to start getting emails from with all the production meetings yeah. and all the production schedule and the scripts and the rewrites. And, yeah. and I started just getting everything, Yeah, all the emails. You're like, whoa, like, slow down, guys. Now I'm really in the mix here. and like, whoa, this yeah. is really happening. That's cool, though. And, uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's just so fresh in my mind. And today we sat down, and he's like, if you could take anything away from it, what would you take? And, and I started telling him about my perspective as an actor, understanding that, you know, it's, it, you were a small piece of a bigger puzzle mm. and, and understanding that. And, and it actually has inspired me to really, really go after the, the, the directing The directing career. stuff, yeah. yeah. I still want to act, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but it's always good to, I think, knowing that, as an actor, will will just help me be a more well-rounded actor. Yeah, yeah. I think it does help. I mean, we, we make stuff together sometimes, and I've directed a few shorts and stuff like that. And I think Johnny's it, a great director. I think it makes you, uh, I think it does make you a better actor because you start seeing things, and you also start respecting other people on set more. Right. You know, because it's like, man, they're working a lot harder than I am, honestly. They're doing, <laughs> a, like, that PA, man, he is, like, here 15 16 17 hours and i'm just coming in for a few things and that's it yeah it was great it was great to see that continuity and that 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 cohesive mentality on set where everybody seems so happy to be there yeah and and you got to think about it like i could be working a nine to five job sitting surrounded by four walls working with people i don't particularly like Mm. taking orders from people i don't particularly respect and being miserable and and that's for me that is has never been anything that i've aspired to do yeah and uh and i've done i've worked in that environment i've worked in the you know the corporate world and for me to be able to say that i'm making a living and 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 also uh qualifying for health insurance (laughs) that's a big one got that pension too Oh yeah, the there pension. we go. And hey, like, I, I Those I've been able to qualify for Plan One, which is like the highest level nice. of health insurance. I think the last seven years. Amazing, that's so, huge. Yeah, that is huge. The percentage of uh, union actors that are actually like hitting that is so low. So I, I read a statistic, 
and it was um, 92% of union members make less than $5,000 a yeah. year as uh, actors. Yeah. And I was like, God, that would suck. That's tough. And, you know, some of them, I know some, I've met some people that just, they have their SAG membership and they will occasionally work a project, you know, out of just passion and love and right. something different to do, but it's not something that they're pursuing all out. Right. And my belief is if you're going to do it, for me personally, I, I, I have goals that I still feel I, I have, I'm far from achieving. So for me, it's just that extra drive to be mm -hmm. like, you know, doing what I do. And, and when people ask me, aspiring actors ask me what they need to do to be an actor, well, I ask them, why do you want to be an actor? For the fame. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I hear that, and I'm like... And you're like, you may just keep wanna, doing it, bud. Yeah, you may want to reconsider then the reasons. You, you yeah. may want to reevaluate What is that. a good answer? Like, I just want to, like, tell a story. Yeah, you want to be creative. You want to tell a story. You're passionate about it. You, you want to be able to create things that will inspire others. You know, I love to hear those answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I hear, oh, you know, for the money and the fame... Ugh, that's that's a tough one because you have to be honest with someone and say, "Man, it, it's probably it not going to work that it's, way. <laughs> you're going to be sorely disappointed yeah. when it's when it doesn't happen. If right. that's what your if that what your end goal is, you need to reevaluate that. Right? You know, right. go take classes. You know, and 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 learn the art if you don't if you aren't already, and and put in the work and and you know. Watch this video that Denzel talks about. It's, to a, great, his it's a great video. It's, it's an amazing one. video. And, yeah. and he, I think he opened the video. was like, I hope you get up in the, I hope at night when you go to bed, you put your shoes way under the bed so that in the morning when you get up, you have to get down on your knees to reach them hmm. and humble yourself hmm. because this business can be just that. It can be extremely humbling. And then, Know that if you prepare and you're consistent and you build up that consistency, then when the opportunities arise, then you'll have success. Yeah. Like so that. what level of success that depends on you on right. what you deem success to be. Right. Everyone has their different own definition. Right. Yeah, exactly. Everybody has their own definition of what success could be. You know, right. and it's, you know, uh, some people I, could be like, you just want to dance in the blow movie and that's it. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, so I'm just, see I'm me, with, I'm right I'm there dancing that. around them, you know? Yeah, and, and uh, I knew at an early age that you wanted to do that. This. That's what I wanted to do, and, yeah. and to actually be in it. And I've been doing it for so long now, and and seeing my peers, I, I you know, when I go to an audition, it's like a reunion. You see all the people I see that, all my friends, and yeah. it's weird. Cool. We're competing against one another. No, no, right. no. You want to, that role, but you're you like, if, if one role, of those guys get it, you're like, all right, I'll, cool. And I cheer the, cool. and I cheer for them and yeah. I'm happy yeah. that they get it. You know, yeah. um, I may scrutinize their work. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no. When I see something that I went out for that I didn't get, but then I see it's somebody that I know personally and, and, and I, I cheer their successes. And I think that's also part of it is, is you're not going to get every role, but you know, also, you, you're going to know the people that you're going to be up against. And yeah, it's yeah. going to become very clear who it is that you're going to see right. regularly at these auditions. And then you see them in like, because it happens to me all the time now, and I, I see the same guys, and we all say hi to each other. And it's like, we all know like, hey, all of us are more than capable of playing right. this character. Right. But we're just like, 
you know, we just do our best and then whatever happens. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's all you can do. And it, and it can be a numbers game too. You know, it's yeah. when I, uh, when I got the role in Logan, the movie Logan, I was going to, I was going to be my last question for ah, you. Too. I was going to ask you about that. I, I asked uh, the casting director how many submissions they got. They got somewhere in the neighborhood oh of 2,600 submissions. And your role for the folks at home, you were like a military colonel or something. I was the federally commander. The commander, yeah. Uh, in the scene where we, we discover them in Mexico and go where chasing they, them down. And they get the girl or whatever, right? To get the girl. Cli- yeah. Climactic part of the movie, I think. It's, yeah. But it's very early on. It was, it was where we got to see what X-23 was capable of. Mm-hmm. And she's a badass. Yeah. yeah the girl. Yeah, yeah the, the girl, girl is yeah. a badass. And, and uh, Laura. And so I, I, I think out of 2,600 auditions, they brought in 200 actors. Still a lot. Still a lot. Yeah. For one role. Yeah. I get there, and of course... And this was in person then? In person. Okay. And I get there, and I, everybody in the room are my friends. <laughs> did, you know what like, it was, hey. did you know what it was for? They'd tell you something else. I, I didn't know what it sometimes? was for. I didn't okay. know what it was for. It yeah. was like code name Juarez, the Juarez Project. Right. <laughs> uh, the, the sides were highly redacted. Yeah, and I, you know, sometimes you look at sides and you see things that are crossed out, and you can yeah. read it because sometimes you might find little nuggets in there that will right. help you with your audition. Yeah, information that sometimes actors don't look at that, and there could be something crucially important in what's crossed out. Yeah, so you pay attention to that stuff. The sides came, and just about everything was completely blacked out. Mm. Were only my lines and the and the lines of the people who I was talking to. Like were, these were military were documents or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "What in the world?" And I get there and I audition, and about ten of us went to go have lunch afterwards. Mm. We were all auditioning for the same role. We all took pictures outside and yeah. posted something about like when friends get together. <laughs> and classic LA stuff, right? And like three months pass, and then I get a call: "Hey, you're in the running for this project." These three months. Yeah, three you months. You forget it. You completely forget about and no, it. No, no. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. No, I remember the project. She's like, okay. okay. And then my agent calls me back like two weeks later. Well, now you you went to studio, and now I can tell you what it is. It's for the next Marvel movie, the, the Wolverine Logan. movie. And I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't even called Logan. It was called Wolverine. Turns out, calling it Wolverine. Turns out it's the best Wolverine movie they ever made. It is. <laughs> I mean, that, that movie is by far one of the best Marvel movies ever made. I think so. Right. And then I get the call. I was dead asleep. I get the call from my agent. You got it. And there was no callback or nothing? No, there was no callback. It was wow. the one audition. Just that one audition. The one and done. Yeah. And that's what I call those. When you go in and, and you go through this entire process and there's no <laughs> chemistry read. There's yeah. no, you know, none of that stuff. It was just like one and done. And I got the audition. I got the notice that I booked it. And I jumped up and down on my bed like I was a kid. <laughs> It was crazy. Yeah. And then, of course, start getting all the emails and, hey, you're, uh, we're going to send a car to pick you up. You're being taken to the airport. You're being flown to New Mexico, this, that, the other. You're being put up at this. I was put up at uh, the Bernalillo Inn, which is like their five-star resort in New Mexico. I've never been to New Mexico, but I can only imagine. Oh, man, it was amazing. Yeah. And I get there. I go to the gym to work out. Who's in the gym already working out? Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman with his trainer. And I'm like, holy crap. Hey, can I get a spot? Horrible Australian accent. He had flown his trailer, trainer in from Australia. And uh, and so then I go, they, they drive me out to set just for a fitting. And it's just like a city on its own. It's just this gigantic. So they just built this huge thing? They built this gigantic base camp 
out in the middle of the desert mm. and get taken back to the hotel. I get up at I, my call time the next morning. They were going to be picking me up at 7 a.m. So I got up at like 4.45, went down to the gym. Hugh was already in the gym, mm. obviously. And we yeah. started to talk. And, oh, what are you doing? And, it was, yeah. and we hit it off famously. Mm. And, uh, and, then I, and then I met Boyd Holbrook. Oh, yeah, he's a, he was the guy from Narcos, right? Yes, yes, he was in yeah, Narcos. Yeah. And we became good friends. And then Stephen Merchant. and Oh, uh, he's I, funny, man. Yeah, he's and he's freakishly tall. Yeah. Like, like astonishingly tall. It's, yeah. It's very un, un, unnerving. Um, <laughs> and we must apologize. I think the second night, Boyd is like, oh, you want to go to the bar, grab some wine? I'm like, yeah, sure. Seven or eight bottles later. Uh, <laughs> you guys are all telling and, stories. And Stephen Merchant is there. And, he's, of course, he's... They shaved him bald for the role. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it just like, I start meeting all these executives that were staying at the hotel. I was staying in the same hotel with James Mangold mm. and I was staying in the same hotel with all the producers, the vice president of 20th century Fox. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Uh, and then go out to set and start working on this scene. And it just, it was just amazing. And then yeah. there was one uh, point cause my character goes from Spanish to English, English to Spanish where in between takes, James like, Al, c- come with me. Let's talk about this scene. And we start walking around the limousine. And mm. how would you do this? And what would you say? What are you saying here? Mm. And I'm sitting That's there. Awesome. And it was just a moment of like, That's cool, man. Holy shit. James Mangold, mm. who I'm a huge fan of. Right. You know, 310 to Yuma, Walk the Line. Yeah. I'm like, and now he did Ford versus Ferrari. He that movie that. was so good. I haven't Damn. seen it yet. The I want to see it. It was one of the best movies this last year I, saw. I haven't seen it yet either that was so good yeah so i'm sitting there and i'm going yeah. i'm getting a one-on-one direction here with james mangold yeah on this huge film and i'm thinking wow i'm just it was like an out-of-body experience for mm. me and got in real good with hugh he even sent my daughter a congratulatory uh video greeting when when she got engaged she got engaged while i was in new mexico mm. wow and uh and he sent her a greeting that i had to hold on to for a while I couldn't, I couldn't. Right. Oh, yeah, because you don't even get in trouble, right? Right. Yeah. There were NDAs if she, if she in place posted, for everything. If then you get in trouble. Right, yeah. right. And yeah. so I waited a while. Yeah. And, uh, and then once everything was said and, and they actually posted on IMDb who was in it. Yeah, then you could release then it. Then I was able to like, okay, here, I can send you this right. now. Because uh, they had posted, you know, some, some, some pictures had been posted of, of uh, Hugh in character and costume. Mm. And so I wasn't divulging anything. Yeah. And I was very, very, very careful of that, which is why we're talking Project X, this current project. Right. In eight months. Can we say anything months. else about it? Can we say like anything? Um, it started as a voiceover. I went in for a voiceover audition um, and it was... They just had you in a booth? Yeah, they just had me in a booth and it was yelling out some military orders. And the casting director uh, said, hey, are, are you in town? This was during... This is in December. Hey, are you around for the holidays? Are you going to be in next next week? I said, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. She's like, I'd like you bring you into my office for an on-camera audition. This is going to be just like you would audition for what, anything. Can on you TV. say what casting office it is or no? I can't. Okay. I can't yet. Okay. Yeah, no I can't. But but she's she's a very amazing amazing cast director, very successful. And um, in due time, I'll be able to say that as okay. well. So she brought me in uh, a week or so later for this on-camera audition, again, going through gamut of you know I, I had a scene that that they gave me to prepare and i had to do it just like i would in a normal audition and it was where you know i'm i'm uh, i'm an assassin of sorts and some somewhat cold-blooded and so i had to actually 
talking kill a guy. About, yeah, oh. talking about there was yeah. dialogue in the scene. There or? was dialogue okay. and there was action and there was you know gunplay and that kind of stuff. And I did it that in her office. And then uh, and then I got the notice that hey, you'd book this and this is what's going to happen and these are the NDAs you need to sign. And can we say the type of uh, like media this is? Um, it is a, it is a video game, right? It's a big name, big brand name video game. That's all we can say. I, I can neither confirm nor deny that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this was cool. So this was just literally one audition off of. If it, it was actually well, the, a, it was a two voice, part. The voiceover. The voiceover and, then, uh, and then based on certain things I was doing in the booth when, while she was watching me and directing me, she then asked. Give me a heads up that she was going to have me brought in for an on-camera audition, mm. and this project is going to be keep me busy for for a little bit. Nice, yeah, yeah. Have, so you, and have you already started working on this? Thing? I have. I, that's why I had to uh, put myself on tape for LA's finest. I couldn't go in in person because gotcha. I was already working on this. And and on the last day of working on on this particular phase of the project, uh, I got the notice on Thursday that I had an audition for Stumptown for for Wendy O'Brien. Right, and there was some wiggle room, so they were able to accommodate me. Think it went so well with Project X that, from when I brought it to them, I said, "Hey, you know, there's this audition that they're sending me. They'd really like me to go in person. I can put myself on tape. If it's a problem and you guys can't can't work it out, no big deal. I'll put myself right. on tape." They were and, flexible on and it, and they cool. The the project manager walked off to the side, and I could see him like. Texting and calling and he's, and he's like, like, oh man, we got Al's, Al's giving me a hard time over here. <laughs> right, I told him, please don't. If it's if it's a, any trouble, please don't don't yeah. don't trouble yourself because I'm. This is right now my first and foremost and primary concern is this project, and mm -hmm. this is you know I'm committed to you guys and and yeah. this is where my mind is and and I don't want anything to interfere with that. And he came back and was like, No, you're good. You have this wow. much time, and I got to the audition. Came back, and then, of course, I found out today that, that I'm now on avail for that project, too. Nice. So it's like, nice. it's just like all these little things lining up. That's great. That's the dream. The cosmos kind of lining itself up for me. That's the dream. And then uh, this project that you're working on now, um, when you can finally say, we would love to have you come back. I will. Tell definitely. us about it, your experience working on it, because I think it's something that's different that a lot of actors don't have experience working with i definitely don't have any experience with it so i would love to hear your perspective oh on that. for sure for sure yeah it's so i'm, really I'm cool. excited for it and it's you know um one of the the individuals working on the project and and again remember my goal has never been the money or the fame yeah our it's, camera just shut off yeah i know I, ah, I think it's that it's okay we still got the audio oh good, yeah, good. I mean, you got the audio well yeah. well um the one of the uh the the individuals one of the, the technicians and directors of this particular thing said in eight or, eight or nine months, I said, what about nine months? He's like, you're going to be famous in nine mm -hmm. months. And I said, wow, well, that sounds cool. <laughs> but I still keeping my head square on my shoulders. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, if that happens, great. Yeah. If, if it doesn't, it's still the experience will be one that I will not soon forget. And it's still something that's... Uh a really cool project that a lot of people can't say they've worked on. Right. So right. I, I know that our audience is salivating to know this project. So <laughs> where can they follow you? Come yeah. October, they can post this stuff. on, on Facebook at Al Cornell on Instagram at Al Cornell and on uh, Twitter at Al Cornell. Nice. Got them all. Yeah. I got them all. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I jumped um, on those. <laughs> hey, that's, uh, that's the, that's the, how you, you got to do it. 
Um, thank you, man. I really appreciate you coming in and uh, partaking the knowledge. Yeah. Thanks best for guest, having me, guys. Best guest yet. I think so, too. I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Thanks uh, for the beer. Absolutely, yeah, It was man. awesome. Thank oh, you. I did, have, I did have one other question before yes. we go. You were telling us off mic, you said... Um, you said off mic, you said, I don't think a woman can be president. What did you mean by that? Oh, what? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I don't think the current president can be president. That's what oh, I think. Oh, <laughs> there it is. That's for another podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in, guys. All right.